Good evening, Spooky Barber Babes family. This is Crystal, and I kind of wanted to start off tonight's episode by saying thank you for being so patient with me. I know a lot of you have reached out on Instagram in regards to my message about me just having really bad seasonal depression and it causing me not to really want to do much of anything in regards to, you know, day-to-day stuff. So for that, I thank you all for um, your love and support during this time. And uh, that is all I'm going to say on that. Um, But today's case is based, actually, it's like a history moment. Today, we're going to talk about Carol Ann Fuegan. Now, she's known as the first female to be tried and convicted of first-degree murder. She was around 14, 15, around the time of the murders. Uh, And honestly, this story's quick pace because I really couldn't find much aside from, you know, this and that, that's just kind of like cut and dry. But I mean, I've kind of formed a bit of an opinion with this one, but you know how this, how the drill works? We'll hear an ad from our sponsors and then we'll get started. Carol Ann Fuegat was born July 30th, 1943. She had her stepfather, her mother, her baby sister, and her older sister. Now, there wasn't much I could find about her childhood, mainly because this happened in her early teen years. She met a man by the name of Charles Starkweather in the year 1956, when she was only 13 years old, and the two of them formed a relationship. He was five years older than her. Now, Carol met Charles through her sister, Barbara, who was dating Charles's friend, Bob Von Bush. Um, For the research found that it looks like Barbara and Bob actually got married. Uh, So there is that. But on January 21st, 1958, Charles Starkweather entered the home of Carol Fuegat and her family and shot and killed Carol's stepfather, Marion Bartlett, her mother, Velda. Then he hit her infant half-sister, Betty Jean, and stabbed her in the neck. Now, it doesn't say what he did with the bodies, how he disposed of them, but Carol later claimed that Charles Starkweather was waiting inside the house alone for her, and he had a gun. She said he had told her that her family was being held hostage and that as long as she did exactly as he said, her family would not be harmed. So for the six days after the murders, the couple lived in the house, turning away any and all visitors that had come to the home. And this caused suspicion from close family members and friends. The bodies of her family were later discovered in outbuildings along the property. The couple then fled all the way through Nebraska to Wyoming on a murder spree that saw six other people killed before they were arrested on January 29th, 1958. Now, Carol had only admitted at this time to holding a .410 gauge shotgun on a young high school couple by the name of Carol King and Robert Jensen. Now, I did find the information of State versus Fuegat, and it's it's a, there's a lot, um, but it does look that while the trial 
was going on. She was being transported from Wyoming to Nebraska. And it looks as though during the trip back to Lincoln, Nebraska, Fuegat had actually volunteered some more information about the killings of a Lancaster County Sheriff's uh, wife um, during that whole thing, like during the drive. Um, it doesn't really explain why she gave that information, but it, it was assumed that it was given voluntarily. Um, Starkweather was sentenced to death and executed on June 25th, 1959, by the electric chair. Now, his testimony is the reason, almost the sole reason why Carol saw time behind bars. Um, he stated that while, yes, he personally killed a majority of the victims, that Carol had actually assisted in more than just the two. Now, she, during this entire time, has maintained her innocence. There was no oh yeah, I'm guilty. Oh yeah, I did this for fun. There, there was none of that. She has maintained her innocence even to this day. But according to uh, the jury and how they see it, they saw it, was that there was evidence that showed that she could have um, escaped him and that she was not actually held captive or doing things against her will, that she enjoyed it. That's pretty much the gist I got from what they were making it seem is that, you know, she could have escaped at any time. She just chose not to. But again, it, I don't know when she found out her family was murdered. Um, I don't know if that was after, you know, he fled her out of the house or what have you. Um, so, I mean, there's a very good chance that, you know, she did believe that, you know, if she did what he said, her family would be fine. So I, I don't know, but the jury's found her testimony um, not credible. They, you know, that they basically said, "Oh, we don't find it believable that you were his hostage," um, and also due to him saying what he said on the stand and his testimony, um, that basically made it seem as if there was no, there was no believing her, even though she was literally a child. Carol was sentenced to life in prison, but saving grace, in 1973, the Nebraska State Board of Pardons ended up commuting her sentence to 30 to 50 years, which in doing so, she then became eligible for parole. The governor at the time, J. James Exon, and the Secretary of State, Alan Bierman, did vote in favor of the commission. However, the Attorney General, Clarence A.H. Meyer, dissented. Now, because she was available for parole, she was able to go through with appealing for a, to be paroled. And luckily for her, that she was considered a model prisoner, no issues. She was paroled on June 20th, 1976. Now, it said for a short time after she was released, she lived in Langston, Michigan, where she then worked as a janitorial assistant and has since retired. Now that was, I don't know how long ago that was. Couldn't really find dates. And honestly, I don't really want to give a timeline to where this woman might live. I mean, I would love to reach out to her and actually hear the story from her, but I also wouldn't want to put somebody back in that, you know, that time. But 
there is a silver lining in Carol's story. Somewhat. In 2007, Carol married Frederick Clare, and the two moved to Hillsdale, Michigan. However, tragedy struck on August 5th in 2013 when the couple's SUV was in a single car accident. Well, single vehicular car accident, I guess I should put it that way. In Texas, do not get on me if I pronounce this wrong, Tekensha, Michigan. Uh, Frederick was the driver and operator of the vehicle when it veered off the road and flipped. Sadly, this caused Frederick to die at the scene, and Carol was severely injured due to this. Um, now, Carol Ann now goes by her married last name, and in February of 2020, she applied for a pardon, which ultimately ended up being denied. Uh, her application was supported from relatives of the murder victims. And even though she still had maintained her innocence from the 1958 uh, slayings, she mainly requested the pardon to, quote, alleviate the burden of being known as a convicted killer. Ultimately, her pardon was denied, and the main reason it was denied was because a pardon is, um, it's to restore a felon's rights, but because her request was too broad, um, the parole board was like, we, we can't, because she didn't like specifically say why, I don't know. All I could see was that they said it was, quote, too broad. Now, I, I bring up this, um, the case that I found, um, because I, like I said, I found the um, state versus Fuegate, and it looks like it's dated December 1st, 1967. It is, quote, the second appeal in a proceeding under the Post-Conviction Act. So everything's like public knowledge. Now, from what I've gathered from this, or that I found, it's basically it's basically stating that she was originally found that um, she was entitled to no relief at all, which in their case is basically the appeal was denied on the first end. Uh, but then they ended up putting out more evidence, and it got uh, remanded to the district court for the purpose of an evidentiary hearing. Now... The defendant was, like it says right here, 14 years old at the time. This one also talks about that she was actually convicted of first-degree murder and killing uh, Robert Jensen. But mainly what I'm getting at with this whole thing was that while Fuegat was being held in jail in Wyoming, she received a telegram from her sister, Barbara, which if you remember correctly, was the only one that I did not name as murder. I said, what? She got married to Bob. In this telegram, Barbara states to her sister, tell everything you possibly can. We'll help you when you return home. Our home is always open to you. We love you very much. Bob and Barbara Von Bush. Now, they ended up regarding this telegram and the defendant, a.k.a. Carol Fuegan, testified upon direct examination, quote, question was, do you remember that it said, tell everything that you possibly can? 
The answer was, yes, sir, I do. The next question was, have you done that since? Her, her answer, yes, sir, I have. Barbara testified that her telegram to the defendant reflected the way that Barbara has felt at all times, basically stating that she never once believed that her sister had done this on purpose and basically was like, hey, I don't hold you responsible. I mean, if, honest, if anything, she should kind of hold herself maybe a little responsible for introducing her younger sister and her family to the psychopath, but not my right to judge. So that's pretty much everything I could find in regards to uh, Carol Ann. And truth be told, I'm glad she got out because reading her story and knowing that somebody literally blackmailed her, told her her family was being held hostage. She was literally a child. I don't care if you want to say she's a teenager or not. She was a child and she had no one there to protect her really on that end. Now, again, I don't know where Barbara was when any of that happened. I don't know if she was living at the house still or how much age gap there is between the two of them, but I don't think it's fair that she was held fully responsible for what was done. Um, and that she had to see any time behind bars. I want to say it was, they said it was like 17 or 18 years behind bars due to the fact that she listened to a man out of fear that her family was going to die. That I, I don't think anyone in their right mind should be held responsible when somebody's got a proverbial gun to your head and maybe even a literal gun to your head. I mean, you don't know what happened in that house for those six days. You don't know what happened when he had her in the car. Um, and th I mean, that's the sucky part about it is, is you can sit there and speculate from the outside all you want. Um, but you weren't living it. I wasn't living it. So, I mean, I can't judge just like with Barbara. I mean, I can't judge her for introducing her sister to, a friend of her boyfriend's. I mean, they probably didn't even see any signs or know anything. Uh, but I am glad to know that she did not receive the same death penalty that he received and that she did get a second chance at life and that she was able to find love, even if she only had it for a brief, what, six years. It was better than not having anything at all. Now, as far as I know, she didn't remarry. Um, and as far as I know, she doesn't have any kids. I just hope that she has peace. I mean, yeah, it's kind of sucks knowing that, you know, that title is hanging over her head of convicted killer. And I don't think it's right that it was denied because, I mean, if I did the math correct, she's like 79 years old right now. Like, let the woman just be at peace. Let her, you know, live the rest of her life without being known as a convicted killer, even though she was paroled. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I have my moments where I'm just like, that's truly, truly messed up. But anyways, like I said, not my right to judge. Uh, moving forward, I am going to try to have a couple more episodes out I'm going to try to keep on my schedule and keep videos coming up on Tuesdays and uh, videos, bleh, podcast episodes coming up on Tuesdays. I'm trying to get myself motivated to do some videos. I just, this time of year sucks. Getting up with the sun is great, but, uh, my day getting darker earlier than I, I want is not. So 
regardless, that sucks. But here we are, nothing we can do about it. Uh, but yeah, so thank you to everyone who is listening. I greatly appreciate it. Please, 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 please rate and review the podcast. It will mean the world to me, to Brianna, and it also kind of helps us get recommended to other people out there. Um, I know, like I said, I've been a little sporadic with posting. I am trying my best to get back on track with how I was beforehand. Um, again, there will be an ep- there will be an episode the week of Thanksgiving. Um, with that said, I do not know if it'll be a long one, a quick one, uh, the week of Christmas, we will be on a hiatus and most likely the week after that. I don't know. I may have like a little something, something put together for the week after Christmas, but definitely the week of Christmas, there will not be an episode just because that is chaos week at work. Um, actually literally the next two months is chaos actually month and a half, two months, pretty much all the way until Valentine's day is chaos month. Everybody's like, Oh, well our busy times this time of year, holiday time is really busy. So we're doing our best to get out as much as content as we can. And I'm trying to even just like keep little odd and things on Instagram if I can't get on and record, but here we are. Um, I will be doing a uh, case on the Delphi murders once a f- little bit more detail comes out. So look for that episode coming soon. Um, also, I know I did a movie review um, solo by myself on Instagram when we first started. And then me and Brianna had done the review on Halloween uh, spoiler video, like teaser trust. So we did a lot of that. Um, but I kind of want to touch on a movie that I had seen over the pa- this past weekend with my mom and my daughter and the movie was called smile. And I was like, Oh, you took your daughter to go see a horror movie. Yeah. Well, she usually likes horror movies and can handle gore, but this one, this one took the cake. If you have not seen smile, um, I know, I don't think it'll be in theaters much longer, but by the time I get everything, down because there is like a big I don't know I don't know you'll just have to wait and listen so if you're interested in that I will be putting up details um if you want to skip that episode do not worry there will be a tagline in the uh title saying there is spoilers in this episode so do not worry we will make it well aware that yes um if you do not want to watch it just because you don't want to spoil it, feel free to skip. If you do, if you have seen the movie and you want to hear my takeaway on it, uh, 100% uh, take a listen. But it is late and I am rambling. <laughs> so I hope you all have a spooktacular day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. Again, please rate us, like us, follow us. It really helps us out. Share us with friends, share us with family. Um, and as far as anything else, I want you all to continue to stay spooky and stay awesome. Bye for now.